voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. Your connection to the show is 204-780-6868. If you've been with us on OB today, some troubles with the phone line. So texting is the way to go. 204-780-6868. We apologize for the technical difficulties, but uh, it, it is what it is for the day. You can also reach out on Twitter at DT on OB. We'll have your questions for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, who I presume coach is gearing up for Canada, Ireland tomorrow morning. Is that where is that? Uh, is that what's happening right now on the bye week? Well, I'll try to watch that game. Um, you know, at least check out the highlights. But, yeah, go Canada for sure. Yeah, World Cup of Action Canada back for game number two uh, tomorrow. Again, 204-780-6868, your questions. Uh, how do you feel about the first seven games? Bring that up for Coach O'Shea. What did you think about the Edmonton contest? He is here to answer all of your questions. Uh, Coach, with uh, a few days in between the game and today, how do you feel about the win over Edmonton? Yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, it's a little slow start. Um, but the way our guys responded in the second half and the way we were able to run the ball a little bit, uh, you know, put up 28 points. I thought defense played very well. (laughs) Overall, it's a good win. When you're in, in the locker room at halftime and it's tied at six, what, what kind of conversations are going on in that moment? Once again, uh, with our guys and, and how much experience they have, it's a pretty focused group that's, you know, um, the conversations are about the plays and what they need to do next and, you know, what Edmonton might come out with, you know, how it may look different in the second half and, and, and what we need to do to to try and pull away and get a, get a win. So generally speaking, not a lot of, just idle chatter and not a lot of, you know, false bravado or anything like that. It's just <laughs> solving problems. Understandable. Understandable. Kenny Lawler made his debut in, in that game, his first game of the year, nine targets, seven catches, 93 yards. How did you feel about what Kenny was able to show the fans in game number one? Yeah, he, he, he definitely showed with a couple of those catches. The, the reason people talk about him as being one of the best receivers in the CFL. I mean, he's, that great body control, unbelievable hands, and uh, you know that one catch down the sideline. You know you might wonder whether it was a catch or not, but <laughs> we uh, we got the next playoff. So, but uh, great effort. Yeah, I did wonder whether that was a, a catch or not. Uh, what do you say now uh, with with time now in between? Catch, catch. <laughs> <laughs> when, there, there were a couple times. Why in that, would I say anything different there? I, I don't know. It's because uh, Doug and I both thought not yeah. a catch, but hey, Edmonton doesn't challenge it. They called it a catch. The officials run the thing here. So we're, I've, I've, I have, yeah. I, I openly say anything in favor of the Bombers, I'm in favor of. So uh, in, in those situations, because there was another spot in that game where we in the booth thought Edmonton might challenge. Uh, in, in the moment, you, I mean, you, you would know. Um, what are your priorities in a time where you go, ooh, this one might be reviewed? Because it looked like you hurried, but that could be independent of whether it was a catch or not. Yeah, I think being on the other side of that, you are just certainly trying to get as many uh, pieces of information as possible. 
whether it's the player on the field uh, that's got a great view of it up in the booth for sure. A lot of times you cannot get the right replay fast enough um, through just a normal, you know, flow of the game. Um, and then if the team's going a little bit quicker, uh, it's it's very difficult to get the right uh, angle from TSN. Um, and, you know, the guys in the booth are definitely looking. We're looking at an iPad on the sideline. We're waiting for uh, you know, a replay on the, on the board if possible, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's tough on the other side of it for sure. And then, and then just for, for folks who may wonder the second you snap that ball, the ability to challenge is, is done. Correct. Correct. They, uh, there has to be, you got to get that flag on or get the ref's attention with the flag someone's attention with the flag prior to that ball being snapped. Yeah. And, and having, having a, a veteran offense with, with a, the ability to go up tempo, uh, I assume is, is a real plus in that situation. Absolutely. Um, it's one of those things that you talk about in practice, uh, but we liked using a change of pace throughout most games. Anyway, it doesn't have to be for that specific instance. Right. But yeah. Um, our offense, once again, with the group of guys we have, they definitely have the ability to, to switch the pace. Um, you know, in in a split second, they can go super fast or slow. Yeah, which uh, which is paying dividends so far. Five and two on the season. Uh, Dalton Schoen got got dinged up in that game. As best you know, is Dalton all right? Oh, I think he will be. Yeah. That's that's good because uh, as far as that's we're, all I got for you. That's uh, <laughs> hey, we just he's he's still alive. He's he's taking uh, he's taking a week off like everybody else uh, somewhere. Uh, that's what we need to know. Two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight for your text for the head coach Mike O'Shea. As we mentioned, calls are not working into the in the studio today, so we would love to have you join us on the text line, or you can get me on Twitter at dt. On OB, Dan is on the text line and he says, hey, coach, I think far into the season, there's more parity in the league than most people thought. I think I heard you say earlier, but I like seeing how uh, how the game to game uh, it is up for grabs. Good for the league and good for the fans. Uh, Coach, is there more parity and do you enjoy this season so far? Yeah, the parity conversation, you know, guys can argue that all they want. What I really think is on any given day, if you're not playing your best, there's a chance you're going to lose, you know? So um, teams are, are ready to play. They, they all play a physical brand of football. Um, they're all coached well, right? So you don't bring your best, uh, you know, game in and game out. There's, there's chances to lose, right? Which is not obviously pleasing and you can't really go in expecting to win. You, you've got to put the work in, right, and, and outwork the opponent on game day. So uh, if that's what's parity, if that's what you call parity, then there, there you go, you have it. Uh, speaking of your best, I wanted to ask you about Nick Dembski's 70-yard touchdown. Uh, both he and Zach in the postgame show said something to the effect of, if they gave us a look, we knew it would come. Uh, on the sidelines, do you, do you see the same thing and go, oh, this is this could be really good? Like, this is about to be really good? Well, he's he's definitely open fairly quickly, right? <laughs> like, he there's just, uh, I mean, he's very athletic, obviously, and he can get out of a, a, an initial break very quickly. So, um, and he sells, he sells his breaks very well. So, because he's so athletic, 
Yeah. So it worked out well. He's running scot free down the pipe, and and Zach just floats one in there, and it's there you go. He's gone. On a, on a scale of one to ten, what are your emotions like that when you hit a hit a big play? I, I feel like you're pretty even keeled. Whereas fans, I, I'm instantly at a nine when Dembski's racing down the field. What's what's your emotional rise and fall during a game when a play like that comes? Yeah, pretty even keel. Um, I think, you know, what's going to get me sort of fired up is penalties that we don't need to take, that we shouldn't take, or, uh, you know, a couple of the things that may happen through the course of the game that can get me going. But, um, you know, my job is to probably be on to the next thing, right? Is to be looking at the next thing. Not that I don't recognize how good a play it was and it's not like i don't you know say something to the to buck or whatever you know in the in the headset but really you do try to stay <laughs> pretty even keel maybe i should enjoy it more right I, I feel like when it wins the Grey Cup in overtime, back you know, you know, like the AC Leonard front roll or something like that give us something like that when the Grey Cup when it wins a Grey Cup in overtime maybe yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, want to contact an official. Oh, yes, you can't. Uh, that was Ceresna in week number two or whatever that was. It's 204-780-6868. We ask that you throw us your text for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. You can also reach out on Twitter or X, whatever Elon wants us to call it today, at DT on OB, uh, your connection to the head coach, Mike O'Shea. We're back on the other side with more of the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 for your texts for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, on the bye week. Uh, you can also get me on Twitter at DT on OB. Al Winters did so, and, and he asks, Mike, do coaches have the bye week off, or are they working through it? Well, they're they're all supposed to take some time off. Uh, I can't promise you that they all are. You know, some guys just like to chip away and do a little bit of work and, and sort of get ahead on the next opponent, get some things tidied up, look at a couple of things they want to look at. But, yeah, they should all be taking, uh, you know, a handful of days off. They don't get as many days as the players, but we try to keep them out of the office for uh, for a number of days if possible. I feel like I know the answer, but, but, but why so? Why not just grind and grind and grind? Yeah, they just get worn out, right? The, the, the coaches are at their best when they're feeling fresh. They're at their creative best. And it really is about watching the film and absorbing the information and then coming up with something uh, that you like that works against your next opponent, right? So I really really feel strongly about that i imagine there'd be some guys that would argue the other way but boy when i when they're when they're well rested i think they're at their creative best yeah there there used to be the the oh i sleep on my couch six days a week john gruden when he was the the tampa Bay buccaneers coordinator i i kind of in my heart just knowing as a as a person with a job i i hope those days are, are behind us honestly it's just i can't imagine that's good for anybody yeah, I don't think it is. I guess it depends on the whoever the, the head coach is, right? But I think just, you know, if I'm speaking from experience in my time as a special teams coach, you know, the, as the season wore on, it sort of got 
more stale, you know, and if you could ever sneak in a sort of a, a refreshing break or, um, you know, a really great night's sleep or string together a couple good nights sleep, you know, you really, boy, things just came to you. You looked at the film and you had answers very quickly, right? But you could sit there tired and stare at the film over and over and over again for five straight hours, looking at the same clip. And then you go, Oh, what have I done for the last five hours? Right? Yeah. So that's the kind of rut that guys get into when they're, when they're, you know, tired and just, um, you know, just not even just tired, not physically tired, but just not mentally fresh. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. 204-780-6868 for your text. Ken is on the line. Uh, Ken says, uh, hey, coach, any idea when Grant, Kyrie Wilson, and Winston Rose will be back? Uh, I don't. Um, I expect that, you know, Kyrie and Winston Rose would be close, and Janarian is not as close. I uh, Forgive me, Kyrie and, and Winston both practiced in advance of last week's game. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, then they were put on the one game injured list, so they, they'd be close. Yeah, just wanted to give folks a little better uh, idea of that. Another texter is on the line, and actually two folks uh, asking, uh, let's go with Ian, uh, are there new rules regarding punting the ball out of bounds this year? I don't see many flags thrown in all the league games I've seen so far. Question from Ian. Hmm. Well, there's, there's, there was an existing rule. There still is a rule about, you know, punting the ball, the ball traveling in flight out of bounds outside of the 15 yard line. Once it crosses the 15 yard line, it can fly directly out of bounds. If it is anywhere else in the field and bounces and goes out of bounds, it's not a penalty. If it flies off the punter's foot directly out of bounds in flight, once again, in flight, in between the 15s, it's a, it's a penalty, a 10-yard penalty. And it, it used to be the 20-yard line before 2022, right? Yep. It was changed last year. Yeah, I think I think that's the time frame, yeah. And it, and I think yeah. Ian's question brings up a, a, a good point for me is he's seeing many fewer flags. I feel like punting is dramatically better this year over past years. Would you agree? Yeah, there's they started off on fire for sure. It's, it's leveled out a little bit, you know, as the – Games have sort of balanced out a little bit, but yeah, there was I think four or five teams with punting averages in the 40s and nets. At least three teams, you know, a few weeks ago with nets in the 40s, which is unheard of. Uh, that's like I said, it's come back down a little bit, but the directional punting, um, the effectiveness of the of the punt cover units is is pretty darn good right now. I would say. Yeah, getting the, it seems like a lot of teams are really focused on getting the ball away from returners, which when you see returners like Janari and Grant, Mario Alford had two returns last week for touchdowns. I, I feel like, yeah, don't don't let them hit catch the ball and don't let them have the ball is, is, is a pretty good strategy, honestly. <laughs> it used to be that there was so much pride and ego, and I'm not saying there isn't pride in their work right now but it's not the bad kind of pride that makes you make mistakes or you know change your decision making there's a good returner one of the best things you can do is not let him catch it cleanly that's for sure yeah yeah getting on the ball on the ground and getting it away from seems to be a much bigger thing in the cfl uh this season a couple of folks asking about punting so we'll ask you uh jamal parker was back on the roster and uh handled punt returns in this game five punt returns for 46 yards how did you feel about jamal's debut 
yeah, stepped in and did what we asked him to do. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get better. Uh, we, we do have, uh, you know, a bunch of options, I think at that spot, but he's, he's a strong, tough kid. He, he, he'll try and hit it hard, which is what you're, you know, the guys blocking for you want to see. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of things we can clean up for sure. Make it better. And we talked about this in the postgame show, but for, for folks who, who weren't with us, what was Edmonton doing on its kickoffs? Because it was high and it was short and it was the Bombers get great field position for this next drive. Yeah, look, Derek, it's tough. I'm not in their room, right? I, yep. I, but I'll say this. Jonesy's got a, a group of guys that put together stats and, and look at the numbers. And if they're, you know, if they're netting out an average field position gain off a kickoff is X number of yards, you can do that in a bunch of different ways, right? You can kick it high and, you know, surround the, the returner and he gets a, a return of, so their, their average return that they're giving up is a lot less than everybody else's. They're giving up around 14 yards of return, which is generally speaking less than everybody else is sitting around 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. Right, so they just kicked it shorter. The field position, the starting point, ends up being you know almost the same in a lot of cases. Now we happen to get them on a couple, <laughs> pretty good ones, right? But uh, that's a good credit to our to our players and to Paul Boudreau, who just says, "Okay, here's how we're going to play this. If they if they want to bloop it up, we'll have to have an answer because it's you know there's a good chance that because the ball's live on a kickoff." You don't have to give the five-yard halo and no-yards halo, right, like you do on a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go down and, and get the ball. They can't interfere with the returner trying to receive it, but you can certainly go down and, and make a mess of it. And, um, you know, they had they recovered one the week before, right? Yeah. It was Reeves recovered one on a bounce. The returner let it bounce in front of him, and sure enough, he picked it up on the fly. Yeah, I, I dug into the the pre-week six numbers before we came on the air. They were, as you mentioned, number one in opponent kickoff return average, but then they were last in the league in opponent field position after kickoff. So they're they're trying something a, a little different. It was interesting to to watch and see where it goes in the next 11 games for the uh, Edmonton Elks. So we'll take a break with Coach O'Shea's with us for another half hour. Your text at 204-780-6868. Ray the Grain Guy joins us on the other side. It's uh, the Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. The Coach's Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. We believe the phone lines are back open. 204-780-6868. Which among you will be the first to test the brand new phone lines here at 680 CGOB. Give us a call now and we'll set you up for your question with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, who is uh, hopefully enjoying his bye week. Coach, this is the first break of the season for, for fans. For me, it's our first chance to kind of reflect on the first seven games of the year. Where do you believe your team is at through seven games? Yeah, lots of room to grow. You know, I, I like where we stand, but in terms of, you know, a, a little bit of inconsistency in how we've been playing, I think there's uh, there's some real good upside to, to what we can do. When you say you like where we stand, what do you mean? Well, I mean... We've won our share of games and, you know, we're in a good position. 
All right, I, li- I like it. Uh, five and two, uh, equal on wins with the BC Lions. Uh, a, a good place to be and a couple wins ahead, if I'm not mistaken, of third place in the West. So as Bomber fans, pretty excited about uh, where things uh, stand. Uh, Bill has a, has a question, and I saw this going around Twitter. Uh, it, you, you may be surprised to know, Coach, that on Twitter, people like to rip on the, the referees in the Canadian Football League. That may, that may shock you. Wow. It is a tough job. I'll say that. I mean, I, I know it's easy, you know, they're, they're probably an easy target because you, everybody has the, the fans have the benefit of the replay and um, no pressure in it. Right. But they, they do have a tough job, but let's hear it. Let's hear what they got. Uh, Bill has kind of a procedural question. He says, how does the referee decide where to spot the football? There were a couple of games this week where people went, wait a minute, what are they looking at? I can't believe that's the spot of the ball. Well, I mean, it's it's judgment, right? So in reality, the, the spots are probably off by inches every single play, um, you know, no matter what. But it is it is incredible how how often they just get them right. They're bang on. So really how this works is, when forward progress is stopped or the player, the ball carrier is down with contact, you would then drop a plumb line and, you know, where that touched the ground is where the spot of the ball should be for the next play. Yeah, I I feel like there's probably, gosh, on the on the first time Dakota Prukop was denied on third and short, I feel like Bomber fans didn't weren't in love with that particular spot. It's... I I will always just default to I can't believe how hard a job it is at the speed at which your guys move at uh, the yeah. players move at. I can't believe they can see anything clearly there. It's super impressive. It is. And, and honestly, when you when there's a little bit more time between games, I may check more spots like just curiosity sake. And <laughs> the number of times they are spot on is is pretty impressive. All right. Also from the text line, this one says, Hi, Coach O'Shea. You are the number one bomber. I'm sure you've heard it many times, but our O-line is lacking. Not sure why, considering the talent. What are your thoughts? And then it's signed, your number one O'Shea fan. Yeah, I I think our, we have a great O-line. I think we are, you know, the best unit in the league. I think we've shown that, you know, time and time again. And I do think that teams... You know, they come prepared every single week to try and beat our O-line as part of their game plan. So they give us their best all the time, and we have to just keep evolving and understand that they're going to bring us things that we um, have to attack. We have to figure out how to attack as the game goes on. So um, once again, I think this some of this goes back to, you know, questions about the running game, and I'll just say – you know, our group is quite comfortable trying to win games. However, it looks that week. Liam Dobson was a late add to the starting roster. His uh, first start of the season. How did you feel Liam performed in against Edmonton? Yeah, he's a scrappy dude. He's always going to give it everything he's got. And he he certainly is prepared. He's very strong. um, And, and he's ready for that. He was ready for that opportunity. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. I get to say for the first time today and welcome in Steve. Steve, you're the first one calling since we've repaired things. So thank you for that. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, hello there, uh, coach. Uh, I want to bring something to your attention uh, about the concerns I have with the team. And it's it's specifically, I, I know it's been somewhat addressed, the, the uh, O-line 
And what I want to address is the blocking scheme package, because it's it seems like uh, your opponents are getting getting through the uh, front line and getting right into Zach's face right away. And and I personally believe it's got something something to do with the blocking scheme package. Well, I'll say this: there, there, there isn't a game that that we play that there isn't a mistake or two. I mean, nobody on our O line grades out a hundred percent in any game. There's some games where they grade out as a group much better than others. There's some games where certain guys grade out better than others. But uh, you know, not to take w- what you say lightly, but the opposition gets paid too, right? So if you, you're playing against a professional football player across from you. And if there's any sort of mistake, any sort of slip up, you know, it usually results in somebody getting through and, and, you know, making Zach have to move. But, uh, you know, we are also very blessed with having a quarterback that's mobile. So, you know, it doesn't always end up being a sack and he'll save their butts sometimes, but there's, there's no such thing as a perfect game. That's for sure. But I don't, I don't know that Zach is, you know, as harassed as, some people might think well coach uh, i have to say this with all due respect compared to last year uh looking at zach's playing ability and the o-line itself for the blocking scheme package zach this year got hit a lot more during the games and a lot more sacks compared to last year and that tells me that there's got to be something to do with the blocking scheme package on the O-line itself, and and I just hope with the spare time you guys got, you will study the film, study the film, and what the what the lines are doing and how they're busting through the uh, through their opponents' O-line with their D-line. Yeah, I'll give you an example from uh, two games ago. Uh, Zach's first read was Nick Dembski. Nick runs downfield. He's, it's a very quick situation. So the blocking scheme is designed for the ball to get be gone very quickly. The defender grabs Nick Dembski, throws him to the ground. There's no flag. Zach has to go to his next one. By then, uh, the, the defensive line has got pressure, and he ends up tucking the ball because we're in field goal range and taking a sack, right, instead of risk throwing it away and possibly uh, turning the ball over. He knew we were in position to take points. That really has nothing to do with the scheme. You know, there's just that's just one example on how something um, not related to protection uh, results in a sack, right? There should have been probably a flag on the play because that's where we were going with the ball. And because of the style of protection, because the ball was supposed to be gone, you know, if the ball gets held on to longer, it results, there's probably going to be some pressure. So we've talked about sacks in the past a long time ago. And what I think fans have to realize is, you know, there's 12 people in a very intricate play. If a receiver runs the wrong depth, if he, if he's late in his waggle, if he's not on time, those all result in Zach having to hang on to the ball or do something different or go to his next uh, progression, his next read, right? So it's, it's, I think it would be unfair to place 
a sack solely on uh, or pressure solely on the O-line. I can list off piles of examples this year where that's just not the case, right? There is unfortunately an error somewhere else or the opposition does something uh, a little different and it causes us to pull the ball down and change the exact timing, change the timing of the play. Because a lot of these plays are very, very specific to, you know, route depths and timing and, you know, being on being in the right place at the exact time. So it'd be too simple to say that it's uh, a, a blocking scheme. To, to add to that, Steve, and I appreciate your call, Zach, uh, by my count, on 8% of his dropbacks being sacked this year, that's about 50% more than last year. So he is being sacked more, but uh, Coach ran through some of the reasons why that could be. But you're you're right to see that, hey, Zach is getting sacked more. It is, it is a thing uh, that is happening, and uh, there are, as Coach says, a bunch of reasons why that would be. 204-780-6868 for your texts and your calls. Uh, the phone lines are back, so you have a chance to ask your questions to the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's the Coach Show on 680 CJ. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 for your texts and phone calls. The phone lines are back. Very appreciative of John Wall, our man behind the scenes who, who made things made this uh, happen. So feel free to give us a call for your questions for the head coach, uh, Mike O'Shea. Coach, did you see the Stampeders and Red Blacks yesterday? Uh, not all of it yet. Uh, what part did you like? I heard it was uh, <laughs> super exciting. I'm I'm good with anything that's 43-41 in the Canadian Football League. I sure don't mind points. But the Red Blacks, uh, the CFL tweeted this out today. The first team in the history of the league to win back-to-back games in overtime. That's uh, that's it's it's incredible what's happened the last couple of weeks for the Red Blacks. Yeah, Bob Dice has got those guys going, and obviously they found a, a quarterback who can win some games for them in Crum. So he's he's an exciting guy. He's using his legs well. Uh, he still threw for two. I think he threw for two fifty yesterday. Um, so uh, he, yeah, he's uh, he's got some ability for sure. When you're sitting down just watching, what's what's your favorite kind of game? I like it when the when the scoreboard's going like a pinball machine. But what's your favorite type of game when you're yeah, watching? I, I think you know, my my kids always would would ask me over the course of time, you know, like, well, who are you cheering for? Who are you cheering for? You know, and I'd I'd make a comment about one play on one team, and then I would be sort of the opposite comment on the other team. And really, all I want to see is is pretty clean football like you want to see both teams play clean mistake-free good football you know whatever the score ends up to be that's fine but I think for the fans and for me when I watch it as a fan it's just you want to see great execution and and low penalties and low low uh, turnovers like or earned turnovers you know not just mistakes I understand I watch it Yeah. yeah I want to see I want to see good football that makes a ton of sense. I uh, wanted to ask you, we talked about it in the postgame show. Uh, Demario Houston got his fifth interception of the season. He got it with 36 seconds left. And in the postgame show, you you didn't love it, let's say. Can, can you explain what uh, uh, Demario's interception and your reaction to it? Yeah, I think it works out in this case. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. But the question really is, 
you know, are the guys entering the field with, you know, a great knowledge of the scenario. So we play Edmonton three times, right? So if you only played them twice, you want to knock it down. We want to take the field position and at least get a field goal, if not a touchdown out of it, you know, because the way they're going to break a tie at the end of a season is going to be a, a points differential. So, um, yeah, I just want them, I want the guys to keep remembering the scenarios, taking the field with, with a high level of IQ and a great understanding of where we're at in the game and, and um, what this next play, you know, um, brings to you, right? So third down to knockdown. We saw it in a playoff game. Marcus Sales, you know, tries to pick a ball off on third down, bounces off his hands into Saskatchewan receiver's hands, and he, you know, turns around and, you know, brings it inside the five, I believe. When and Calgary Sask last week, yeah, right? With Calgary, the Calgary last week, I showed that clip. Mm. I showed that clip to the guys, and it's like, okay, third down to knockdown. Now, I think Demario had one he dropped in the end zone against uh, Calgary, maybe. And I said that's the case where you'd want to intercept it, you know, because you would get the ball. They were on the 17 yard line. We would have got the ball on the 25, right? So right. You're, there's a lot to think about, right? And it's a lot for guys to process all the moment, but you want to just get, you want to get closer and closer to that, you know, having a great level of understanding. Uh, and another moment in the game, uh, you guys had, had third and short twice and were unsuccessful in, in both times. Is there, is there something there? Is it just the, is it just Thursday was wacky? What, what, yeah, what led yeah. to that? It was just a, 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 I'd say it was a weird half once again. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't want Dakota Prook up to think anything of that <laughs> during his bye week. There's nothing, you know, yeah, we want to hang on to the ball, but he's Murphy. There's, we end up winning the game and the corrections we made, nobody wants to make a mistake out there. And I, I don't, I don't think twice of it really. I think we're, we know what we want to do and we've been damn good at it and we will continue to be damn good at it. And I would say that that game was just uh that was weird for us, for sure. We mentioned during the broadcast, uh, Prukop and the offense were number one in the league in quarterback sneaks last season. Uh, Dakota converted 96% of his chances last season. Uh, a couple going wrong in this game. All right, uh, here's something from, from my own bag, Coach, that I need you to get on side with me. It, it, and if I'm wrong, then tell me I'm wrong. But uh, You're wrong. Well, that that was awfully quick. Um, Ricky Walker forces an intentional grounding in the end zone, gets a safety, but he doesn't get credit for a sack. And I feel like Ricky needs some love from the league officially for making that play. Yeah, you can argue that if you want. I'm not going to waste my time. I don't know that the goal is to have everybody by the end of the year. No, nobody caring about any stat except wins. <laughs> right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, somebody else can argue that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and petition for a sack on that play. I, I, you're telling me he's not getting one. That, that, I wouldn't even bother looking it up to see whether he got one or he didn't. You know, so what we got was two points in the ball back. What, however they mark it down on the paper, we want two points in the ball back. Right? I'm a big Ricky Walker guy, so I want him to get all the sacks. I want him to have all the. So ch- am I. So am I. Yeah. But uh, the stats are, their personal personal stats are irrelevant to us winning football games. Uh, 
someone I'd, I'd kind of casually thrown out a, a tweet this week about who what the uh, most outstanding player race was going to be and just just throwing it out there one of those tweets you just do and uh, someone said well what about Willie Jefferson and and Willie this is seven straight games where Willie Jefferson is just killing people all over the field what's the question uh, <laughs> how much do you love it Willie when Jefferson Willie Jefferson is he's having a great year he's having he's He's always been very good, and he's had once again. He's having another great start to a season, and I'm sure he'll keep it up throughout the entire year. He, I believe it's, I believe he now has officially more sacks than he had all of last season. Um, is is he better than than he was last year? Uh, I think every guy's goal, you know, in the off season is to improve, and and that's a great question for Willie. I think he's always got the potential to dominate a football game. So, um. I, once again, I'm I'm really happy for Willie the way he's playing. It's it's good for it's good for our team, and it's obviously pleasing for everybody that's around him, right? Because he's putting in the work, and it's you know it's translating to the field. His attention to detail is is really really high right now. So um, yeah, he's getting it done. Well, and he's so likable as well, oh, right? Yeah, he. Richie and I were Richie Hall and I were talking about this probably a month ago. I don't know that we've ever heard Willie complain. You know, he does not complain. You know, bad call holding, helmet twisted sideways on his face. He does not complain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he, that that part of itself is just I just love being around guys like that. Yeah, he's looking out the ear hole, chasing down a quarterback, and uh, and still yeah. getting after it. Uh, Coach, appreciate it. Uh, practice the practice. When does practice resume? Do you know? I, I don't know. I'm not pining away here trying to get back right now. I'm trying to have a day off. So give me, give me one more. Ask me, ask me in a day. I might have an answer for you. Well, we'll, we'll be back sometime on the weekend. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk next Monday for another edition of the coaches show. Thank you so much for being with us. I enjoy your bye week Thanks, Dick. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's the Coaches Show. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, yes, you can uh, catch this in podcast form as well. Just download the Blue Bomber podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can hear the Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.